0: what's up everyone welcome to the podcast i'm your host isaiah Copan. yes i'm back finally it's march 20 2023 and this is lift and learn episode 116 In this episode, I'll talk about how you can even out muscle imbalances throughout the body. This is important to work on because it can actually lead to injury if you're not careful. And then in the second topic, I'll talk about the best exercises you can do if you have tight hips. So you can do these before a workout or better yet, whenever you want to throughout the day for more lasting effects. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's Copon, and you can also check out my website, IsaiahKopan.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. All right, I'm finally back with another episode. I know you guys missed me, right? It's been over a month now since the last one. I'll tell you what I've been up to on next week's episode because life's been a bit busy lately with a new job that I've been at for a few months. So getting accustomed to that and working around this new schedule that I got going on. So let's just kick off this episode with something that I learned pretty early on when I started my education in this field, you know, fitness and health. If you're someone looking to change their life this year, if you're looking to make some lasting progress in your fitness journey, if you're trying to reshape your body for the better, or if you want to maintain a more healthy body weight for the rest of your life, you've probably heard that the best way to do that would be to focus on diet and exercise together and that they both play a 50-50 role in maintaining a healthy life. Well, I'm here to tell you that actually your training is more important than diet. Resistance training and strength training is actually more important than diet. Yes, you heard that right. Now, I think pretty obviously you can make the case either way. You got some people saying that diet is the most important thing and then others saying what I'm saying, that exercise is the best way. But I'll talk about, or I'll talk today about why I think that training is actually more important than a diet. First off, can you get jacked or gain a bunch of muscle solely based on your diet? No, obviously not. So when it comes to resistance training and doing it properly, you should see weight loss even without altering your diet. So focusing on your training alone will give you some of those lasting effects like a boost in metabolism and an increase in lean muscle mass. So body composition, positive changes there. I'm not saying diet isn't important. I'm just saying, depending on most goals out there, training is going to be more important than most people realize. Now yes, if we're looking to achieve the absolute best results, the most optimal results, then the best results happen when you dial in both diet and training together, but if you're someone who's just at the start of your fitness journey or exercise regime, whatever, it would be smarter to start with the training first. The diet will follow afterwards naturally, or you can focus on it later because it can get a bit complicated. I think most people will notice that when they start with exercise, they start to become more aware of making healthy eating habit changes. That's just what I've seen and other positive changes in their life. And I found the opposite to be the case. If you're focusing on just the diet, usually people will go too hard too fast with the diet. So they'll dive into this one thing pretty hard. Maybe that means going keto or doing some kind of fasting window where you eat for eight hours and fast for 16 hours or whatever, or simply just eating low calories and reducing more and more food intake, lower and lower calories until you're in dangerous calorie intake levels. That's, and then, sorry. And then when you plateau in weight loss, you eat even less calories. It's just like a losing battle there. Stick with one thing at once. And I do believe that your training will be the best place to start. Like I said, you can probably make the case either way. I'm just talking about if your goal is to lose weight in the long term or to build muscle especially, then resistance training is the first habit you need to start and figure out before anything else. Think about all of the benefits that training can give you. Look at the bigger picture. Mental clarity, overall body fat loss, strength for daily life and activities, which become more and more important as you get older. You'll see more changes, just adding resistance training into your life if you make that the first change. This is actually something I heard when I was in college, when one of my professors asked this question to the class, taking it all the way back to the beginning for me, 10 years ago. He asked the class something along the lines of, uh, what do you think is more important diet or exercise? And it's changed the way of thinking or my way of thinking ever since. Like the majority of the class, I raised my hand in favor of diet being the more important of the two. Now, he didn't dive too deep into why he said exercise is actually better, but he did mention the fact that you can't build muscle just from diet alone, which is such an important factor when it comes to improving your health and improving a lot of those health markers that doctors look at. So I think that's definitely something that you need to really think about, increasing metabolism for long-term sustainable weight loss. That really does get overlooked when it comes to exercise and training the right way and your health overall. So enough about that. The first thing off topic that I wanted to talk about today was going to be gaming, because if I do ever have free time for myself, then that's what I've been doing. But actually, this past week has been pretty wild, to say the least. Last Sunday night, I cleaned the bathtub, cleaned the bathroom a bit, gave the tub a good scrub, rhyming, and I took a shower afterwards, and I guess I cleaned it too good, because i slipped in the shower my heel like caught that like the curve of the tub and i guess i cleaned too good because i slipped in the shower managed not to hurt myself too badly but i did dislocate my left ring finger i think my middle finger is a bit affected as well but as soon as i fell and i caught myself i looked at my hand and noticed that one of my fingers was definitely not pointing in the right direction in a split second Snapped it back into place and it was fine for the first few hours. It got a little bit swollen after that. I taped it up, obviously dislocated. I had to go and get a splint. So I've been using that in the meantime, but, oh yeah. So fast forward to Monday morning. Now I had an x-ray done. This is last Monday. They said nothing looked wrong, but I went for a second opinion on Thursday. And then they mentioned I have a small avulsion fracture on the inside of the finger and the recovery process should only be about a month, apparently, so we'll see. I know right now it hurts every time I bash it on something, so that's not good. Like sometimes when I'm driving, like the steering wheel or the turn signal, it was literally the worst timing because someone had just asked me if I wanted to join a basketball league that morning, so I guess that's gonna be on hold. So I'm probably going to baby it for the next three to eight weeks here. Wait for it to be fully functional and ready to go before doing anything too crazy. And now still working out through the injury. We'll see how that goes. First week went pretty well though. I'm sure you guys are going to hear or see Oh yeah, just hear all about it right now. If you keep listening to these episodes, it only makes sense that I hit uh, legs later today. I guess that and cardio will be more of a focus here for the next few months which throws off what I thought would be the future of my training. Again, it's fine, but years ago, injuries would just really piss me off and upset me, and I'd go through some depression, but nowadays, I can look at the bright side. There's other things to train, switching my focus to something I can actually do and actual things I can work on. Obviously, I can't bench press, but I can do machine work at a high rep range to start. For back, that's been difficult, but I've been using straps, so... You'll see or hear how I adjust my training over the next few months. Not gonna let this dislocated finger stop me from maintaining my health and strength as much as possible. So there's that. It hasn't been uh, hasn't been easy dealing with it for the first few uh, first week here, but that's life. I've continued on playing Hogwarts Legacy. Great game. I won't spoil anything on here. But it's great to explore the universe and all that. They've done a great job, especially when it comes to the castle design. They really paid attention to detail there. They went by the book to design it in some certain aspects. They added a few things. The gameplay and combat can get a little repetitive, like after playing it for like 50 plus hours. But it's challenging enough and the spells that they have there are still cool to see. And the combos are just great. I also started playing Kingdom Hearts 2, which, again, bringing back the nostalgia there, but the graphics just weren't as good as I remember it being, and it seems like I've been getting lost a few times, which is also frustrating, so we'll see if I can continue that one. Might not be worth my time, actually, because there's just so many other games I want to play ahead of that one, like God of War and the Spider-Man games, so I think that's going to have to take a back seat, even though I love Disney and Final Fantasy and corporations in that one. And man, when is spring going to start? We're past the halfway point now through March, and the other day I had to clear out some snow from the last storm, which was like a week ago. I'm excited for this spring and summer, man. We've actually been getting a bit of sun this week, which is a great surprise. I think on more than two days this week, I was able to survive without a jacket on, and I think it even rained one day, which meant it wasn't even below zero out. I'm excited, though, for this coming season, of course, golfing soon. Uh, Some of my clients actually want to head to the course with me, so I think that'll be cool. I was looking forward to golf, but it looks like that's off the shelf for me in the meantime, but I should be good to go for May. Can't wait. Question one, how to even out muscle imbalances? Let's start with a little breakdown. Muscle imbalances occur when certain muscles in the body are stronger or more developed than others, causing strain and injury. This happens, injuries in particular, because of the way the imbalances could stress certain parts or sides of the body. First off, you should identify the imbalance areas. This could be stemming from posture, certain movement patterns, or repetitive movements you do throughout the day. And something also in that category would be certain pain or discomfort areas you may have. This tells you that some muscle groups may be weaker or tighter than others. So that being said, let me break down some steps here to help even out muscle imbalances in the body. I already briefly mentioned it. You need to strengthen the weak muscles. Muscle imbalances in the body could cause pain because of other compensations that might come into play, doing even just normal day-to-day activities. And pain, some of the time, or maybe even most of the time, could just mean you have weakness in that area also. So it's good to strengthen areas that are weak. This is another, area, uh, another reason why building muscle and strength is such a good idea. You're less susceptible to pain if you're stronger overall. This is pretty simple. Most pain and imbalance just comes from weakness. So strengthen that area and the surrounding areas and you should feel some relief. If you have a weak lower back, do back extensions or better yet, work up to a deadlift if that's possible for you. If your lower back is weak and you go to a doctor, they'll probably say to avoid using your back to do things or lift things, but how do you really avoid doing something like that? Your back is important. It's part of your core. You need it to be strong and mobile, especially later on. So if you avoid bending at the waist, that's only going to lead to more problems later on. It could get worse or stem out to other areas of the body. Yes, using your legs would be smarter, but strengthening that movement pattern goes a long way. So target that area with strength training movements, obviously lighter to start along with mobility work will go a long way. In conjunction with uh, training your weak areas, you should also be stretching the tight muscles, which can contribute to imbalances. This is going to help with stability, flexibility, and mobility, which is key to improving those areas along with improving your posture and any pain or again, weakness in the area. Next up I got listed here are doing functional exercises to fix those imbalances. I'm a big advocate when it comes to doing movements that will help you live a better, more independent life. You have to do movements that improve your ADLs, which stands for active daily living. So those kind of movements, that's why free weights, whether that be dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells can be so valuable when it comes to improving imbalances. Not really barbells too much, just because they're not working independently, but They do translate very well to real life as opposed to machines which move in that singular or usually a straight line, which isn't how we move things in real life. In real life we move things through space and that helps with balance, coordination because you're challenging your ability to be stable. Specifically, dumbbells and kettlebells are great because each side of the body is working independently, so when you're doing movements, maybe your right side is stronger because you're right-handed, so you're dominant there. Doing dumbbell work where you're starting with the weaker side, usually the left side, start there and then let that side dictate how many reps you should be doing per set. Have a good balanced workout routine. The strength training is important, but building muscle everywhere on your body ensures that you're not making any imbalances worse. That means not skipping leg day if you're a guy and not skipping upper body if you're a female. This is why a big focus for me this year is overall strengthening my back and lower body, so incorporating more deadlifts, more direct core work, and uh, always working on the calves. (laughs) The next few months though are a bit thrown off since I can't deadlift right now with my recent injury. It'll be hard to bring up my back, but I'll see what I can do with some straps. If you work through this properly, you'll have more of a balanced body, you'll notice less aches and pains along with a better posture since you're actually distributing weight in your body more evenly. You might not be able to do it on your own, especially because there's so much information online, some of it's going to be conflicting with others. So finding a professional to help you out when you're really lost, that goes a long way. Sometimes there's actually too much information online, so it's hard to figure out which ones will actually help you with whatever issue you have going on. Someone who has Uh, education and experience in this area will help in this case. This is something everybody needs to remember. So start with the weaker leg or arm first. This is still something I have to constantly remind myself of. I had a client tell me this past week that her thought process was to use the stronger leg first because it gave her confidence to do the movement. I mean, that's cool too, but if you really want to even out the legs or the arms, start with the weaker side first. Let that side dictate how many reps you should be able to do for your set. Remember, correcting muscle imbalances takes time and consistency, be patient and stick to your plan and you'll see progress, and reduce pain and discomfort over time. Question 2. What are the best exercises for tight hips? Here's a pretty common issue, I have a bunch of clients who deal with this, and in the past this has affected me also. Uh, more so actually. Uh, Tight hips can cause discomfort, poor posture, and even injury, and the chances of you developing some kind of injury increases over time if you don't take care of that while you're young or you're younger. If you want to live a life where you're able to move on your own as long as possible, doing movements for your hips will be great because we're slowly becoming more and more of a society where we move less and less. So here are some of the best exercises to help loosen tight hips, in my opinion, and keep in mind that there's probably hundreds of exercises that you could do. First up, I have the pigeon pose. This is yoga pose, is an effective stretch for the hips and glutes. Start in a uh, push-up position, bring one knee up to the same side's elbow, rest that on the floor, then extend the other leg behind you. Hold the pulse for as long as you'd like on each side, this one helps me and my clients a lot. I had to progress to get to this though, so an easier variation of this is a 90-90 exercise. They both target the same general area but requires less mobility in the hips. So I start there and then progress to the pigeon. For me, the right side is harder than the other because of a knee issue that's been lingering for a while which might require some extra attention. An easy one to target, the inside of the hips, the groin area, is the butterfly stretch. Sit on the floor with the soles of your feet together in like a cross-legged position, and then you gently press down on your knees to open up the hips. You can hold this one anywhere from 10 to 30 seconds, depending on if it's for warm-up purposes or for a cool-down or just a general stretch. I like this one because it's simple and you let gravity in your arms help you sink into the stretch just a little bit deeper. Next up, there's the lizard pose. So this is another yoga pose, targets the hip flexors and quads. You start in the downward facing dog position, then bring one foot forward and place it outside of that same hand. So you're like in a deep lunge position or you won't be if your mobility is super limited or you have that hip pain bothering you. Hold the pose for a few seconds on each side with this one pairing it with some rotation at the hip will also be valuable just because we don't do enough rotational movements during the day to prevent tightness and injury. I have a few more, we'll just fly through some of them. Obviously describing a movement isn't great over audio, so just Google or YouTube some of these movements and you can kind of mirror that. It's easier for you to learn these kind of movements from a source you can actually see. Anyways, there's also a super beneficial one, the basic hip flexor stretch. You get into a lunge here and you basically shift your weight to the front foot and you should feel a stretch on that back leg, the opposite leg's hip. You should feel a stretch in the front there. This one's important just because a lot of people have transitioned to stay-at-home jobs and everybody's on the computer these days. So when you're in that seated position, your hips kind of get tight. So that's one that loosens it up a little bit. There's also a few more I have. Any kind of hamstring stretch, you could do. Fire hydrants also, you could do those in a circular motion to really get the hip warmed up. And similarly if you have uh, the clamshells, which is where you lie on your side, knees around a 90 degree angle and you open up, like the name suggests, like a clamshell would. Those you can even add bands around your legs or your knees to make it a bit more comfortable, or (laughs) make it a bit more difficult, sorry, and to challenge the abductors and adductors more specifically. I wanted to go over some of those exercises because including those into your weekly or daily routine will help you loosen tight hips, improve flexibility, and prevent injury. You can do this even if you have an off day or you don't even have the whole gym routine into your schedule. Just break up your day, give yourself a few minutes to unwind. You being away from the work or the computer for 10 minutes isn't going to be the end of the world. Remember to stretch during the day, even after exercise. Listen to your body, so if an exercise or stretch causes pain, stop, try a different one. Find the root cause of that issue and solve that problem first. Now, for all of these movements, I'm sure you can find multiple YouTube videos about each one in case you don't know how to do them or have never heard of them. But doing these every day, even just for a few minutes, could help alleviate pain in your hips if that's something you're experiencing. And that concludes episode 116 of the podcast thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Kopan on Instagram, and you can also check out my website, IsaiahKopan.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.